This is episode number nine of the Abuse Talk podcast with me, Jennifer Gilmore. Welcome to the Abuse Talk podcast. My name is Jennifer Gilmore and I turned my mess into a message. I'm an author and advocate for women in abusive relationships and promote that together we are louder. Each fortnight there is a new episode on the Abuse Talk podcast featuring a series of interviews with those that work in the domestic abuse sector, getting an inside feel for what it's really like in their job role and sharing it with all of you. There's also a chance for you to join in the discussion by leaving a voice recording a message so that we can share together in the discussion. In this episode, I speak with Richard Turner from To Think Again about his experiences of cult abuse and the services he now offers to fellow survivors. Before we get started, I want to say a big thank you to Rockpool, who are the main sponsor for um, Abuse Talk, everything hashtag Abuse Talk. I've actually just come back from Devon from their Christmas party, which was just so insightful and also just absolutely fantastic to spend time with people that are also passionate about the same thing. So Rockpool provides industry-leading training and consultancy services for organisations that support people who have been affected by trauma and they their training programmes are running from January so do check it out on rockpool.life. With that being said let's get right into the interview and um, just to note that this was actually recorded right back in May when the podcast was basically on YouTube. So going back to May when um, I first spoke to Richard. Right, hi everyone and welcome to, I think this is the fourth interview that I've done for Hashtag Abuse Talk Interviews and I'm really delighted to have Richard Turner with me today online. Um, We actually met at the Coercive Control Conference in Liverpool back in March and we got into a really interesting conversation but I won't give it all away (laughs) because what's the point in holding an interview otherwise? So, um, Richard Turner, um, first of all, I don't want to do too much of an introduction, so literally, this is Richard. And Richard, can you just tell everyone a bit about you and what you do? Okay, so um, I'm I'm Richard. Hello. Um, I am a qualified counsellor, and um, I unknowingly um, and completely by accident during my counselling training ended up in a cult. Um, I left the cult three years ago and since uh, leaving I trained as a teacher specialising in teaching counselling and mental health awareness and then went on to do a a master's in the psychology of coercive control which I am um, just approaching the end of the second um, term in and um, I am as of last week set up in private practice and um, specialising in counselling people who are leaving um, coercive controlling um, environments. Um, so that could be cults or perhaps one slavery or domestic abuse. Um, so I'm, uh, yeah, so I also deliver training as well on um, cult awareness. Um, and hopefully um, we'll be setting up as a cult exit counsellor, which is a, quite a rare thing in this country but basically that would uh, involve people hiring me uh, families perhaps to help me get 
um, to help me support them getting a relative out of an abusive cult, um, to providing them with information about the psychology of the process of coercive control and perhaps facilitating, facilitating interventions, things like that. So in a nutshell, that's that's me. <laughs> just in just in a nutshell, you know. Just <laughs> um, well, you, I mean, we had um, a, a really good uh, conversation in Liverpool, and what what struck me was the fact that you are tackling the the side of cults and you know offering training programs, etc. Um, but for anybody who needs clarification, and also for the for the sake of this interview as well, can you actually tell us what a cult is? So it's a group or movement exhibiting a great or excessive devotion or dedication to some person, idea or thing and employing unethically manipulative techniques of persuasion and control. So, for example, isolation from former friends and family, debilitation, use of special meshes to heighten suggestibility and subservience, powerful group pressure, information management, Suspension of individuality or critical judgment, promotion of total dependency on the group and fear of leaving it, uh, designed to advance the goals of the group's leader to the actual or possible detriment of members, their families or the community. So it's a group or movement that where when you're part of it, it starts dominating your identity. And they are practices that isolate you from people. Um, you're discouraged from um, from um, giving critical feedback, um, and basically you, you you get a lot of similarities between like a cult leader uh, as you do with a perpetrator of domestic abuse. So that um, kind of lots of manipulation, uh, love bombing, um, also kind of punishments for the behaviour that the perpetrator doesn't want, and rewards to reinforce other behaviours. Um, and so basically then, uh, with, with a cult group, it, it, it takes over your whole life. And often as well as financial exploitation as well. Um, and all kind of can get to a place where um, all of your time and energy is devoted to the group. And in, in some instances, especially people with children, the group even becomes, looking, you know, um, furthering the needs of the group even takes over um, the um the looking after the children as well. Is yeah, well what I found interesting then though is that religion I don't think was even mentioned and often like you said religious cults are what you initially think of um yeah. even for me I can think of the the headlines of the news like for a particular Baptist church in America and things yeah. like that but you're saying this can just be a group of people that, yeah. um, so that's really interesting. I wouldn't have thought of that. So thank you for that. Um, oh, now, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. Um, that's a that's a common thing, you know. Um, you know, thinking it's a, it's a religious thing, but it can be like a psychotherapy cult, or so like a cult that works around like th th therapy, <laughs> um, or it can be like a multi-level marketing company, like a sales company, where people oh. are exploited. Um, you know, working huge, huge amounts of hours every week and that taking over spending time with the family and getting paid really low wages because they have to sell a certain amount of product to actually um, get a decent wage. Um, and then like convincing the um, 
the salesperson, oh, nothing else matters, you're going to be a millionaire, you know, things like that. Right. When, the, when, when it completely starts taking over your life. So it can be even, even that. So, yeah, and political groups as well. Uh, <laughs> an interesting one giving the current circumstances <laughs> um no well thank you for that 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 helps and i think it will help people have that understanding of that these different groups um of people so thank you for that explanation um so you have set up um your business which is called to think again mm-hmm. what was the initial reason as to why you set up this business um well i think i think like the experience i had in the group in the group i was in was that devastated and it had such an impact on me i got to a place where i couldn't i couldn't let go of it it was like it changed it like it changed me um and so i was reading um steve hassan's book uh, combating cult mind control and he was talking about cult, cult exit counselors um, and I just realised that there, there seems to be a need for that in this country. I mean, there's, there's quite a few of them in America, but there isn't, there isn't really many people doing that in this country. And I really wanted to help people get out of those kind of groups because it really does rob you completely of your identity and, and your resources. And it, the, the, it's almost like it, it dehumanises you being involved in those kind of groups. So it, it, it impacted me so badly. I just... Uh, I just couldn't do nothing about it. So, so I, when I, I went on to study the, the masters in psychology of coercive control to equip me uh, with with the knowledge uh, that I needed, and then uh, obviously I was already a trained counsellor, and that's what that's what fueled it really. Just just this kind of it, it, the, the the devastation. Um, I couldn't I couldn't just go carry on with my life and do something different because it impacted me that severely. Yeah. You actually experienced a colour, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, so, sort of look, looking at that side then and your experiences, what was it like to enter a cult? I mean, I'm assuming it wasn't obvious because if everything was like on a label, you would have said, I'm opting out yeah. of that. So what, what, was a, what was it like to enter that um, group? Um, <coughs> it's like you say, um, no, nobody joins a cult. Nobody, nobody is aware, you know, nobody sets out to join an abusive group. Uh, and often there's a hidden culture to, to a group. And the, and the more you get, you, the more you go into the center of it, the more you find out the truth about that hidden culture and hidden teachings. Um, and so they project an image to, to the outside world to attract members. But it's almost like you, when you've got to a place where you've committed so much psychologically and financially, it's only it's harder to back out as you find out the truth about the group as you as you go further in um and not only that alongside that not all cults harm everybody all the time so, so some of the harm has been done in the center but the people on the outskirts don't really realize as much um so so when you join you don't realize that the, the truth about the whole group as a as a, as a, a structure in itself so um when i joined um, I didn't, there were warning signs, <laughs> but I kind of rationalized it to, to cope with that discomfort. So, um, you know, uh, for, for example, the very, very first time I went to one of their meetings, the, the pastor, because it, it was a Pentecostal Bible-based cult, right. and the pastor did a teaching about how the, the church, as it was labeled, um, wasn't controlling, and it was just because they cared about the people. So um, 
so straight away I was in the, one of the first meetings I was sat there thinking he's saying that because someone has challenged this group for being controlling and right. um, so there was a warning there straight away and there was another warning um, in that they taught something called the prosperity gospel which means um, they, they taught that if you give us lots of money God will bless you and, every, and you'll have big breakthroughs in your life and everything will be amazing and I've been warned having grown up in a, in a church of England church about these churches that teach prosperity gospels and I knew it wasn't right and I knew it wasn't healthy but when you're in it you're playing on your feelings and emotions all the time telling you how amazing you are you think these people are your friends um, and it's almost like you start to kind of well like like I said rationalize it to, to, and, and then you start changing then and what, what was a bit shocking and uncomfortable in the early days later on becomes totally acceptable as you get kind of sucked in and you start changing um, and becoming, you know, the, the, what the cult wants you to be almost. So, um, as, as I say, I think if it had known in advance about love bombing, if it had known about, um, you know, um, all the, all these different manipulation techniques, I would have, I would have probably been on my guard, but I wasn't on my guard, I think because I, I thought they were my friends. So, uh, that's how, that's how I kind of like ended up joining. And not only that, uh, because I was raised in an Anglican um, church, I was familiar with like Christian language. But what what cults do is they take language that we regularly use and they change the meaning of it slightly. Um, so, so for example, um, so uh, giving um, in 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 the context that I came from was oh you you give to help people you know uh, you you give you give to charity etc. But the word giving changed its meaning when I was in that group. So the word giving became give give them the group lots of money, um, and and give until you are frightened you're not going to have any enough money to even get by. Mm. So um, so so I when I entered I'd already got all these words in my head, so accepted them more because I was used to hearing them already. It's just that they had a different meaning in the group. And so when you come out, you have to undo all that and then go back and work through it all again. But um, I, yeah, so that was part of the reason why I joined. And the other reason was I actually got a job with them as well. And it came through through working for their charity as well. So um, there, there was a point as, as I got more and more involved where um, I was living with them and working for them and attending their meetings. So it can start consuming me whole, my whole life. Uh, yeah. So that's how I got into it. <laughs> wow. Um, well, I think the fact that they were surrounding you completely would have certainly not helped. And you, I, you mentioned that you noticed, um, you know, the different preaching uh, and the way they changed the way, things that meant something else. How, how long was it before you noticed things weren't right then? Or, you said there were warning signs, so you noticed it wasn't right there and then, but you sort of yeah. carried on with, um, you know, attending and being a part of that group yeah. of people. Um, but did you know, was this an early on that you noticed things were, weren't right, or was it completely embedded into your life before, it, you know, um, almost like it was a bit too late in a sense? Yeah, it's, it was, it was. I suppose in the early days, I noticed things straight straight away, but because there were so many positive things going on, like the, all the love bombing, and you're amazing, Richard. It's such a blessing to have you here. It, it gets disguised with all in, a, in the middle of all, lots of positive emotions, 
And I think I justified it in the early diet days by saying, um, oh, you know, nobody's perfect and there's no perfect church. And, um, you know, I, everyone's got their weaknesses and, you know, things like that, rationalizing it all the time in the early days because it wasn't taken too much from me then. It was later on when the control started really taking from me. And I think like a lot of, like a lot of people who leave cult, it got to the point where the, um, they just went too far with the control to a place where you're thinking there's nothing more important in the world than this group mm. like it's amazing it's going to change the world um, and you you naturally get drawn in and and when when things aren't going right you feel like it's you that's in the wrong right so you you're trying to, you show more commitment to 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 try and um to try and fix fix the problem so you get even more involved and it drives you more in. And like me, I ended up living with them when under the surface, you didn't want to, but it was like I was trying to prove myself to the group that I was, that I was committed. Um, I mean, like when I was in there, I, I mean, just to illustrate the kind of thought process that was going on, like I genuinely thought the leaders were prophets and they had a gift from God and like they, they, they were wise and that's how everyone talked about them. Oh, the leaders are wise. I allow them to speak into my world. Everyone's saying the same like robotic phrases um, all the time. And I, I genuinely believe that they, they knew something about me, that they could see something in me that I couldn't, that I needed to work out, that there was something wrong with me. Um, so I've gone away from the original question. What was your original question now? <laughs> That's okay, because everything, everything you, that you are saying sort of expresses, expresses the grip that a cult can take on you as a person, oh. you know, so how did you get out of it? So, um, yeah, so basically, like, like I mentioned before, they, they went too far, but they'll give you a bit of a view of the journey into leaving. I think that'll kind of, um, so, so, so for, I'll, I'll give you kind of like a financial thing and then the, the personal thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was working for them and, and I found out later that they were charging, they were paying me, a much lower wage than they should have been for, for the job I was doing. So they were underpaying me. And then because they, they, they took offerings every week and they were going and, and every week they'd be teaching for the offering. So I was given I got to a place where I was given the money and I wasn't even questioning the amount of money I was given and I became like reckless. And they'd have people on stage saying, Oh I'm giving ten thousand pounds, I'm giving this amount of money. Uh, and I know and I heard stories of people giving thousands and thousands of pounds to them. Um, and, and I got to a place where like I'd hand over a third of my wages without even questioning it because because they, they um, and, and the, the, the problem is with that is um, psychologically I ended up in the place where it, it was more important to give them money than pay back my overdraft so we needed the income to keep to sustain the overdraft um, and um, so so part of the Part of the struggles with leaving was I needed was needed the income and I needed a job and I didn't have another job to go to. So that was one element um, going on there. Um, so the, the 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 journey to leaving started because I got into a relationship with someone in the in the um, in the group, and that's when the control stepped up a notch. And that's when I started realising there was something like grossly wrong with right. the group. Um, firstly. So, so I won't, I won't say too much about this, this person that was with. I'll just say everything from my perspective. But yeah. um, I, I went, went, it was in work, in work time, and I was called into um, the office of my manager, who was in a position of trust in the cult as well. Um, and when I got with this person, um, I, he gave me a talk and basically said, um, 
that I needed to learn to submit to the leadership and do exactly what they said um, without question. Um, I, need, I, um, I wasn't allowed to kiss my girlfriend. I wasn't allowed to sleep in the same building as my girlfriend. Um, I, he told me that women must learn to submit to men. Um, he told me that if I was ever to marry her, I wasn't allowed to move to where she was because she was the woman. She had to move to me because I was the man. They said, these are all the things that were said to me by a, a, someone in leadership in the cult. Um, and so it was made quite clear to me from the beginning that the, they, they had the control over the situation, the, the leadership of the cult speaking out and I'm scared of like telling anyone what had happened and um and I ended up you know I ended up living with people from the group and I found out later on they were over this person was overcharging me about 150 pounds a month on the the um the rent on this house share. um and so so and then there was another time where the the the, the senior leader in the in the court group asked me to take a 10% pay cut one month because apparently they didn't have any money, or they were going to come on, come under. So, but like all the time, they were just financially bleeding me dry. And I, so I was living on. I was only just uh, having enough money to get by, really. Um, so, and it, it basically felt just I just, I just cracked and went off sick. Um, and then someone I knew just said, "It's cool. You need to get out." Um, and so, and so we just left. Um, so, so that's how I left anyway. They just, they just pushed it too far, and I got so sick I had to just leave. Yeah. Um, Basically, in in a nutshell, you now some people escape from cults, and um, um, some people are pushed out because they were no longer of use, and some people are rescued by families and and you know for interventions and things like that. But I uh, I was just of no longer use and couldn't cope with it anymore, so I left. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, when I left, it meant I had no job. Uh, I was I was I was sick, um, like really depressed. Um, um, and you know, I, I'd lost my relationship. I had to move back home with my parents, uh, and basically had to start my life again from scratch. Uh, and that's when I did the teacher training. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there might be a few people that are even watching this that are maybe thinking they're in a similar situation, or for anybody who might be, what what would you say to to them if this is sounding familiar? Um, I think if, it, if there are a few things really. Um, if 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 I was hearing me to say this now about me in the past, I would want to be saying to me. <laughs> um, um, I, I think it's, I think it's good to to go and research the group you're involved in on the internet and find out if anyone's leaving comments about them. Um, now that can be on like cult forums, or it could just be the newspapers or media, maybe even done stories on them. Um, and also, like, what cults do is they try and um, get rid of any negative comments about them on the internet. So my group, um, they, they flooded Google reviews to try and push off all the negative reviews. But I would say, don't, uh, it might not, I would, I would encourage people to perhaps um, not to ignore the few negative reviews out of, like, 50 positive ones. because. Um sometimes the one the one the people who seem like they're in the minority saying that something isn't right are the ones who are right. <laughs> right. Um now cults have a lot of people in them who think and, and sometimes they think that the group is great. So that's a lot of people who can write a lot of good things. Um also 
if you, you know if, if, you, if your group discourages critical thought and critical feedback uh, and it's always turned back on you then that's a warning sign something isn't really right um because because it might be like oh you're speaking from fear or you don't understand the vision or you know um you 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 know that the leadership know what they're doing or what do you think you're a prophet or you know all comments like that it would all be put back on you like there's something wrong with you so if you're in a group where there's no, they never take feedback and you can't sit and have a conversation with them without it being put back on you all the time and that's probably a warning sign that something isn't right but also um mix with people who aren't part of the group um and share with people who aren't part of the group what's going on um and 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 take ask them for, for feedback on what, what it's like for them to listen to the stories of uh, of your of your experience as well and then find your find your escape route um find your way out yeah and also finally you know in that uh, it feels like when you get out there's absolutely no hope like you're just looking at this emptiness mm. and i'm sure that par- parallels a lot with um abusive relationships as well when you get out it's dominated so much of your life and mm. um, thinking about this 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 thing or this, this experience that you feel like when you get out there's just you're just looking at nothing like there's, there's a whole there's a void there in your life because your whole life revolved around it um and so like it feels sometimes i think like there's no hope but, but there is um there, there is definitely there's definitely hope um and uh seek seek out uh help as well and people who understand that um and and also it's good to label it as a cult because it's sometimes it took me about eight months i think to actually put the word the cult label on it and it was only when watching um leah remini's uh scientology and the aftermath documentaries right started seeing similarities in behaviors and i started realizing all oh, this i was in a cult this is a cult that I was in and so it's good to do that as well look at look at other cult groups and see if you can identify behaviors that can similar um if if you could look at everything that you've learned so far then even though we've got a bit of way to go <laughs> um what what's been something that you um have learned from that um, about coercive control and how has it um how has it been helpful to you from being in that um cult ec- experience as such so how has that course helped you um recognize the signs of that cult yeah. um the the um i think that the, one of the me- well there's a couple of things that have really been quite significant for me one of them was um just you just you start changing and as a person and um, from manipulation earlier than you think you do so um in the early days of my group it all felt really good and exciting but i'd already started changing and, and i didn't realize so i thought all the damage was done in the last six months but the reality was the damage was done as soon as i stepped into that environment and it's, that's when it all started the compromising the rationalizing things um you see, because you're hearing it over and over again. The leadership are great, they're wise. You know, you're hearing it over and over again. Um, there's going to be this big breakthrough in your life, and so you're waiting for this breakthrough all the time. That The repetition of the language over and over again starts changing your beliefs, and you don't even realise you're changing. Um, so that was a key thing for me about the coercive control and the fact that um, it doesn't, it involves positive feelings as well as negative ones. Yeah. And I didn't realise that beforehand, but positive feelings play a big part in in how you get manipulated i think so that's been quite a uh, 
quite an interesting um, aspect of that. What was the second part of your question, sorry? Um, so, well, I think you've answered it anyway. We're talking about um, how how your course has helped you to see uh, that control in the experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also then looking at that course that you're doing, do you think it will be helpful for others? You know, will it be, is it useful? Mm -hmm. Would you recommend people do something like this? Um, because it's unusual really to have a course dedicated to coercive control and especially the psychology side of it and obviously mm -hmm. we've had the whole law change um yeah which still feels pretty new and feels like everybody is still trying to catch up so the fact that you're getting educated on something like this is quite um something really um and obviously going to be an asset to what you're going to be doing in even in now you know it's open now your business so mm -hmm. Do you think it's going to be helpful to others and yeah. other professions um, and things like that? Well, well yeah, because um, what's interesting about the, the course is that it's uh, psychology of coercive control in, in, in any context that coercive control happens in. Mm. So, so um, we've, we've covered, you know, uh, modern slavery, domestic abuse, cult groups, terrorism, um, we, you know, um, coerced confessions and interrogation right. um, issues about, about um, you know surrounding FGM um, covered um, elder abuse so any, it covers anything where, where that coercion and manipulation is happening and um, what's been really good about it is that it's also like normalized my experience like it's, I'm not strange I haven't been in, you know there's not something wrong with me there's, there are all these people who have experienced these kind of things in lots of different contexts and different ways um, and it's kind of um, it's kind of therapeutic in that sense because you, you you connect up with those what was the second half of your question again sorry you asked just, what, um, what? well actually looking looking at the course and everything I'll go on to the the next point because this might help other people I was trying to find out if you mm -hmm. think the course is helpful um, especially for people in um, professions or even in uh, the, the public services um, mm -hmm. would you if you could pick out one thing that you've learned in this course that changed your perception on coercive control what would that yeah. be <laughs> yeah um, well yeah because one of the struggles when people look looking in from the outside they can't understand why I when I didn't leave why people didn't leave a cult why they didn't leave a relationship when you start looking at all the psychology of it, it actually makes total sense why someone wouldn't leave. Right. You know, we're all vulnerable to be manipulated. Um, if we weren't, then advertising wouldn't work. Um, so, so kind of uh, getting that understanding of what, what psychologically is going on there, you know, um, and the, the fear of leaving. And, you know, sometimes there were positive aspects to, the, to, the, to a relationship. Or all, all those, like, elements... Um, can kind of help help people in helping roles be, be uh, show empathy, um, also help them to. Um, I, I don't I, I don't know. I suppose it. it you see, you see I, when 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 all this stuff went on with my my group, um, I I told the police about it, um, and one one of the, one of the responses was, um, "Oh, that's religion for you," um, and I'm like. <laughs> But if, if you understand the psychological processes and, and you would hear the story, you would get what was going on straight away. Um, and so I think it, it, it will, um, 
it'll help. I suppose it might help people to ask more questions. Yeah. Like, you know, why is this person staying? Is the answer they're giving really what they think? Or are they too scared to give the, the real answer? Mm. Um, have they been coerced into, I don't know, um, cutting people out um, of the life, cutting support out? Um, is, is that what they really want to do? Did they really want to cut the family out? Did they really want to um, not give a, a statement to the police or make a police report? Uh, I think I think having that insight would would be very helpful to a lot to a lot of people because, yeah. I mean, especially in cults as well. There's a lot of victim blaming. Oh, weak-minded people joined in a joined the cult. How how could they want to be involved in something like that? But um, when when but um, it'll definitely help with the with the with the victim blaming aspect because um, you you were recruited into a cult. You don't join one, um, and you don't join a group that you know to be abusive. Um, they target people and they love bomb people and they and they, they seek people out um and then and and they use them and often as well the, the sad thing is is the especially with with cults and I suppose this happens with relationships they're looking for people who um want to make a difference in the world or they want to do something good or they're caring or compassionate because they want to just are they are they successful in some way or by association it makes the cult group look good um so so um to use them um and because they're occurring they're easier to they're easier to use so they play on they play on that part of the personality through the manipulation you mm. know they play on the fact that the, that the person is occurring to get them to, to commit even more um so so yeah i mean <laughs> to your question it's it's useful for for um for empathy i think definitely yeah i really liked, <laughs> I really liked what you said about the fact that we're all vulnerable to manipulation like with the form yeah. of advertising you, you know putting it that simple really shows that anybody can become a victim um so i want want to talk a bit about the support that you received after coming out of a of that experience i mean did you yeah. receive any support or um <laughs> well it's quite difficult because um obviously i came out of it and i had no money so i couldn't pay for private practice counseling which is the difficulty about uh, counseling generally it's quite hard to try and actually get it mm. and you end up on a waiting list if you get, get it for free or you go to your GP if you get that far um, and if you want it soon then you end up often always having to, to go um, from private practice but uh, so I couldn't afford the counseling um, I did see my GP they signed me off for a while and then well I got a, one comment from one um, person saying well you need to get your life sorted back out you need to get back into work so like the pressure was put on me so much um, and I felt terrible then because I didn't have a job for a long time right. um, so that was quite difficult um, I wish I could tell you that the support I got was great in a lot of ways it wasn't and, and it, held, it held me in that trauma for much longer than it really did it really needed to because I really could have done my counselling straight away yeah. um, and it was so difficult because I just don't think I or many other people understood what had happened to me just a sense of total confusion because I mean who's talking about court groups yeah. Uh, in day-to-day conversations and who can recognize that, that um what's gone on so um, often when people leave cults they're looking around for a counselor everywhere like trying to find anybody who understands but um so that so that was a real struggle um i did teach the training when i left which was for the first year was was a nightmare because i was going in and i was so so wrecked yeah i could hardly do the assignments but i got i got uh, through it and the, the teacher on that course was amazing and really uh, really supportive um 
so so going going and rolling on a, a college course or something is, is quite helpful and also helps with critical thought as well because obviously when you when when you're in a controlled environment that critical thought is suppressed right. or, and the road um, and so when so the good thing about education is that's building up and strengthening the, the critical thought processes um, but it was tough I probably I jumped I jumped into something quite intense straight away which, which was quite challenging um, but I got support through that tutor um, but it took I, I, I it's only when I got to university and then got a uh, proper counseling did I really get the, the healing from the, right. from you know from the traumatic experience but uh, the truth, the, the truth is, I don't think anybody understands. I went to another church. Understood. Sorry, I went to another church, and the pastor tried to convince me that that was just another style of doing Christianity. Um, and he said, "Oh," and and then, and then he did. It's like he just couldn't hear me. Um, now I don't know what the reasons were for that, but it just almost like it's like re-traumatized. It's like it's like it, there is something wrong with me. Like I'm not seeing like because because people just. It's like they just don't get it, um, and in some ways make make it worse. Um, so, so I ended up. It's the the recovery process has been quite slow, really, from struggling to get support. Um, but, I, but again, if anyone is in that situation, it's really good to look at um, the International Cultic Studies website. It's got loads of resources and um, and and helpful advice and information about cult groups, and also. For just one second. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's a good book too, which is Margaret Singer, uh, Cults and Armist. Um, but a big part of recovering from cults actually is reading about them because all of a sudden it, it, it normalizes your experience and makes you feel left alone because the, the, the cults, the, the control for isolation and fear and making you think there's something wrong with you and, you, and you're the only one something wrong with you everyone else in the group seems really happy and they're all great but you're but, but there's something wrong with you because you're not happy yeah. um so when you read the cult books it, it was re- for me that was really healing reading the cult books this was the first one we read this cult and i missed by margaret singer um and that was the um that was that I, I just flew through that thing because it was just uh, everything in it. it was just like oh my group did that my group did that so yeah read the reading about cults is really it was really helpful but i wish i could say the the mental health support was there but it really wasn't sadly <laughs> well what i'll do is i'll pop the information of uh, any of those books that you recommend and yeah. I'll put it in the description on this uh, video on youtube so yeah. if anybody wants to read them they can do um so sorry to hear you didn't get the support that you should have had um and i guess that's a bit about why you do what you're you're doing so can you tell everyone about the support that you give um to people that are coming out of um a cult or or in one (laughs) or um controlling relationships okay um yeah so so um so there were three the three avenues to what i've been trying to set up uh the first one is the counseling and but a big part of the counseling process that that i'll be doing doing with people is um, helping them understand the experience. So there'll be a lot of um, what we call psychoeducational um, right. stuff. So, so be sitting there saying, oh, here's what a, a narcissistic um, perpetrator might look like in a cult or an abusive relationship. Here's behaviours you might see. Um, you know, here is, here's how um, mind control works. You know, um, here's how you, you start developing this new identity. And um, kind of like, like, like I've said already, kind of normalising the experience, the um, 
yeah. So explore, exploring exploring theories of mind control and things like that, and also look ex exploring what um, how we are naturally persuaded as people, not so much even in an abusive setting. Um, so there's another good book um, by Robert Cialdini, which which looks at um, different ways that we're persuaded naturally, and it's more from like a marketing kind of side. But you'll see all that in abusive relationships and in and in cult groups as well. So even exploring how it's quite it's quite uh, common or normal to, to be persuaded and manipulated in certain ways because we naturally take shortcuts in our mind right. and trying to make decisions and people exploit that. Um, just just to give you a quick example, um, we're more persuaded by someone who we like. So when we like someone, it's easier for them to persuade us, and that's quite that's quite a normal thing. Everyone, everyone, um, every, everyone works like that. If, if you know what I mean. So so you it, in, that in, in the council. friendships and things like that, you can see that in friendships, can't you? And yeah. and, and people have this um, problem about saying no to people as well. It gets hard. Yeah, to yeah. And 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 groups they make you like them by love bombing you. So that's how they can persuade you. Because you, because you are, because you're feeling good, you automatically assume then that, that what they're saying, they're saying is right, and you're easy, easier to be persuaded because they love bombing you and telling you how amazing you are all the time. So that's like a normal like, human process, I suppose. But um, so that would be part of the recovery process, and obviously working through the trauma and things like that. And then the other thing is the training. So I've written um, a training class um, talking about a lot of these um, these theories of mind control and persuasion and manipulation and um, just raising raising awareness of what a cult group actually is and how it operates and the structure and things like that. So um, I delivered the first training course in last month, and so that's kind of a I'm going to edit that and improve that training, and and uh, we'll we'll be delivering more of them in the future. Just a, a general cult awareness training, uh, and also there was the cult exit support. So so if there is a uh, family, I mentioned this briefly already, but if there is a family, for example, who concerned about a relative um, you know I could, I could help them with the research and explain to them the best ways of communicating with them while they're, while they're in the cult group so yeah. to um, build autonomy and to promote critical thinking because uh, one of the difficult things with cults is they promote black and white thinking so everyone outside of the group is either you know a sinner or evil or they're gonna they're gonna lead you astray from this path that they're on or um, they're, they're full of bad energy or you know what I mean they don't understand what the group's about yeah. so when some, when a family member comes along and says you're in a cult that's wrong it's reinforcing what the group has already been teaching them and the group will say to them see I told you they're trying to lead you off the path so so there's, um, there, there are ways to communicate with people who have been in cults who are in cults that um, kind of it is more gentle um, and kind of moves moves away from that kind of confrontational um way of communicating that actually could push them further away so um as part of that exit support um i hope to be helping people be able to communicate with the members and also perhaps if possible um working with intervent you know facilitating interventions so um bringing the court together with member with the family or um you know talk you know talking about um yeah improving communication uh, between them and the member if that's possible but obviously courts try and isolate people from the families as well yeah. so yeah it's quite it's quite a complex thing to explain in a couple of minutes but, but in a nutshell yeah really just empowering family members to communicate with the, with the with 
the person you care about is in the cult and also perhaps facilitating um their escape right. hopefully <laughs> sounds like quite a, a big well quite dangerous thing as well because we know that cults can be extreme in their ways as well um i had some of the questions i've asked um throughout this interview have been given to me by other people out of interest and whatnot and this one um comes from a lady who has actually been through a cult um experience and she she has had struggle with support after coming out of that um she's actually had to try and fund the you know right counseling um, yeah. herself and she was asking do you offer group or individual therapy um or both and do you have plans for a program so that you know mm-hmm. she could perhaps come onto that program um mm-hmm. so we yeah. are um at the moment it's just in, in individual uh, therapy obviously there's a certain therapeutic element to working with the interventions with the families for the exit support but mm. um, i'm just offering individual therapy I've, i have been looking into setting up support groups but the, the the struggle with that is i don't know how it would be i don't know the um how far people be prepared to travel uh, and, and are there ex-cult members that are within the catchment area for setting up like a, an ongoing support group? I don't know. So that's a, I'm, I'm kind of looking into that at the moment. With regards to the programme thing, um, I have been thinking of uh, looking at doing a perhaps six-week course to do with coercive control and thinking in terms of, you know, could it, could it be like a, an accredited course? Um, I've looked into accreditation. Um, it's, it's at the back of my mind that creating some kind of program it just um timing and seeing how things develop naturally and what opportunities arise but that is something that is in the back of my mind as well (laughs) yes so definitely watch that space then basically um obviously it's very new because you literally opened your doors for business like weeks ago if weeks yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) um so if anybody wants to connect with you how do they find you you know, tell us your website, um, any social media accounts you're on, let us know how how they connect with you. Um, the easiest thing to do is to just go to the website. So it's tothinkagain.co.uk. Um, and then the, there's a link to the Facebook there, a link to LinkedIn. Um, you can contact me through the contact page and the phone number is on there too. So that sends you off into all the different uh avenues of contact so that's the easiest that's the easiest way to contact me that's great and i mean i've just asked you to tell us all but i am going to put all the information (laughs) in the description on this video so everyone can just directly go there so i've just made you say it for no reason i do it to everyone um but richard thank you so much for talking about such an important um part of coercive control as well and and the similarities between that and domestic abuse and it you know it, I couldn't. I can kind of relate to what you're saying. I mean, I've never been in that that experience before, but some of the things that you were saying even, you know, reminded me of what 
it was like to be in an abusive relationship so it's interesting mm -hmm. that there are similarities um and thank you everyone for watching us and having our interview and discussion and hopefully you'll found it very helpful um it's so important to educate ourselves and learn more about these things um because really we need to be a sponge don't we and absorb everything we can so we can look out for our own warning signs and look out for other people as well um abuse talk twitter chat um i don't know how i'm going to edit this video <laughs> but it's 8 till 9 p.m so we might already be tweeting when this is live but the next interview will premiere on the 5th of june at 7 30 p.m so do join us and pop it in your diary and once again i want to say thank you so much for richard and please if anybody feels that they need to get in touch with richard don't hesitate and um, we've had really great conversations over the last um well not even a couple of months yet is it over the last few weeks and you know it's so nice to be able to have those conversations with you richard so thank you for your time and everything A big thank you to Richard for agreeing to be interviewed on something that is so close to him and his passions and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's got in store. The next Abuse Talk podcast is actually going to be out on the 8th of January, so it's a bit of a little bit longer wait. It's three weeks um, due to the new year and it will be out on the podcast itself on the 9th of January, so 8th on YouTube. And you can listen to it on Access Northwest Radio Station, Wednesday, 8pm, Saturday, 2pm and Monday for Early Risers at 5am each week. You've been listening to Jennifer Gilmore, author of Isolation Junction and Clipped Wings. Both are available on Amazon or my website, jennifergilmore.com. <laughs>